You've heard me say it on multiple occasions. Medical information, medical education, and medical technology moves at record speed. One such area is the area of medical genetics. Whole exon sequencing, or WES, refers to the sequencing of the exon or the coding region of a genome. Next-generation sequencing involves just using small multiple fragments of DNA in parallel that can produce fast, accurate sequencing results. In this podcast, we're going to cover a brand new publication that came out in the New England Journal of Medicine on September the 17th, 2020. These researchers applied this new genetic model to stillbirths, trying to give the parents of a lost child some comfort and information, trying to give them a cause of the stillbirth when possible. Can whole exon sequencing help in the evaluation of stillbirth? Well, let's take a look at what ACOG says, what this new study says, and overall what the field of medical genetics can do for this problem. Stillbirth, or fetal loss after 20 weeks of gestation, remains a major public health challenge that occurs in about 6 per 1,000 pregnancies in the U.S. Unfortunately, many of these losses remain unexplained even after standard post-mortem evaluation. The use of karyotype and chromosomal microarray may identify a diagnosis in 8 to 13% of demised fetuses, although monogenetic disorders generally remain elusive because these approaches are insensitive to small genetic changes. ACOG in 2016 published a committee opinion on microarray and next-generation sequencing technology. The college stated the routine use of whole genome or whole exon sequencing for prenatal diagnosis is not recommended outside of the context of clinical trials until sufficient peer-reviewed data and validation studies are published. However, if you listen to that, remember ACOG is talking about the routine use for prenatal diagnostics. That's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about using this technology for the evaluation of a stillbirth. That original committee opinion was also reaffirmed in 2019. Nonetheless, ACOG does note that whole exon sequencing may be considered when specific genetic tests available for a phenotype, including targeted sequencing tests, have failed to determine a diagnosis in a fetus with multiple congenital anomalies suggestive of a genetic disorder. So remember, ACOG doesn't just throw out whole exon sequencing as a whole, but rather uses it specifically in certain conditions. Additionally, ACOG states that in select circumstances like recurrent or lethal fetal anomalies in which other approaches may have non-informative results, whole exon sequencing may be considered as a diagnostic tool, but, quote, only after appropriate testing has been done for the couple and genetic counselors have been involved for the evaluation of a result. Whole exon sequencing also has applicability outside of OBGYN, specifically in the pediatric population. Whole exon sequencing and comparator analysis. That means checking the parents or the siblings as well. Whole exon sequencing can be considered medically necessary for the evaluation of unexplained congenital or neurodevelopmental disorders in certain children. 
All right, podcast family, we've laid down the foundation of what we're talking about. We're talking about whole genome sequencing, but more specifically, whole exon sequencing, WES. And how does that apply to stillbirth? Well, let's get into the Stanley publication next. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. On September the 17th, 2020, Stanley et al. published new data entitled Casual Genetic Variants in Stillbirth. This was published in the New England Journal of Medicine. This Columbia University-led team used a clinical exome sequencing approach to uncover genetic contributors to stillbirth while highlighting what is still to be learned about the genetics of such fetal death cases. While chromosomal alterations in known risk genes appear to explain up to one in five stillborn cases, the full range of genetic changes that contribute to fetal death at or beyond 20 weeks of pregnancy is still being identified, with anywhere from one quarter to up to 60% of cases stemming from an unknown cause. For this study, the researchers did exome sequencing on nearly 250 stillborn cases, uncovering molecular culprits in 15 of those cases. Along with those genetic alterations, which fell in seven known risk genes and half a dozen candidate risk genes, they used a case control analysis to show that stillbirth tends to correspond to alterations involving genes that can cause human disease in the greater population. So here's what this means. These single gene defects can cause disease in the population overall, but these researchers populate that in utero, it may be unsurvivable to the fetus. Starting with tissue samples collected through the National Institute of Child Health and Human Development's Stillbirth Collaborative Research Network, they took fetal death cases that occurred after at least 20 weeks of pregnancy and put them to evaluation. Researchers at Columbia's Institute for Genomic Medicine did exome sequencing analysis on tissue samples of these 246 stillbirth cases that could not be explained by well-established risk factors. When the team searched for pathogenic variants in the exon portions of the genome, Focusing on potential Mendelian genes, it uncovered changes to seven known stillbirth-related genes that appear to explain nine of the cases. Another six cases were linked to alterations affecting six candidate risk genes. All right, that's a lot of genetic talk, but here's what it means. Using this technique, the investigators identified a plausible genetic diagnosis in eight, almost 9% of the cases. Now, this lower diagnostic yield observed in this cohort than in some prior studies of exome sequencing in fetal death suggested that monogenic Mendelian disorders may be less likely to underlie some losses in phenotypically normal fetuses than in those with congenital anomalies. 
The findings also suggest that other avenues like non-Mendelian models should be followed to explore the possibilities of stillbirth. The potential diagnostic yield of exome sequencing for unexplained stillbirth is probably underestimated in this study because of one big limitation. There was a lack of trio sequencing analysis. In other words, paternal sequencing data are used to interpret variants along with the affected child. That wasn't done here. That could potentially identify additional diagnosis and add anywhere from another 3 to 8% to the yield, as was stated by the authors. All right, now as we get to the end of the podcast, here is an interesting clinical pearl. The authors found no difference in diagnostic yield between cases in which a possible cause of stillbirth was already identified, like abnormal placentation, and in those in which the case was truly unexplained. This finding suggests a broader role for genomic sequencing in stillbirths to uncover genetic diagnosis that may not be suspected clinically because of the coexistence of a fetal monogenetic disorder with either a related or an unrelated maternal or obstetrical condition. In other words, just because one cause may be seen, like an abruption, doesn't mean that the child didn't also possess some genetic hit. So here it is. In addition to revealing the potential diagnostic value of exome or genome sequencing, these authors offer valuable insights into the genomic landscape of stillbirth by suggesting that the depletion of loss of function variants in certain genes in adult populations may be due to a critical role for these genes in human development. In other words, in the presence of these variants, fetuses are unable to survive. These findings suggest not only that many genetic conditions remain to be discovered, but that their full phenotypic spectrum of many known Mendelian disorders is not fully understood without the inclusion of cases resulting in death in utero like these authors studied. So, there you have it. Potentially a new avenue for finding a cause of stillbirth, which is just heartbreaking. ACOG states that two major things should be studied with all stillbirth if the parents allow, placental histology and fetal chromosomal analysis. But going a step further, it's not just about chromosomal microarray, but it may soon include whole exon sequencing. Thanks for being part of Clinical Pearls and our podcast family. We'll see you next time on another episode.